0: Hey everyone, this is Jason from the Rams Review Podcast. Just before we get stuck into the episode, I want to take a quick moment to promote something us here at the Rams Review Podcast are very passionate about, the Fan Hub app. Football without fans is nothing. That's why FanHub is on a mission to put fans first. This app is now available on Apple and Google stores. The FanHub app has lots of fun things for fans of football to do, including competing against fellow fans in predicting lineups and check-in on match days. Also, lots of real fan media content for each club, including us here at the Rams Review Podcast for Derby County. Download it today and be part of putting fans first. Currently, there is a waiting list for the app, but we can give you a unique code to help you jump the queue. Check out on our socials for more info. This is the Rams Review Podcast. (laughs) Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. all passion, all Derby County. The Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first.
1: Welcome to the Rams Review Podcast with myself and Jason. Obviously, you can tell by my voice, Jason is not here with me today. Um, he's unfortunately got some work commitments and won't be able to join us, but he will be back. He will be back probably during the international break. We've got something special planned. But joining me today, we're going to preview the potteries. We're going to talk all things about Stoke. We did it last time on not such a windy and wet Tuesday night when we talked with Chris from the Wizards of Dribble, um, but we're going to do it on a, well, for me anyway, It's a, it's a sunny yet. Also, slightly cool Monday afternoon, and I am joined by Ben from the YYY Files, and also a fellow member of the Fan Hub um, Top One Hundred, and also Tony Lloyd from the Wizards of Dribble. Tony, Ben, how are we, guys?
2: Not bad. Um, Sorry, Ben, I've jumped in. Uh, uh, Yeah, that's totally okay. This this is this is how we go with Stoke podcasts. We just talk over each other. Um, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of sunny here. I mean, it's, it's it's starting to go dark. It's it's evening now. But yeah, um, I'm struggling on. And yeah, uh, I mean, as Tony said, despite not um,
3: being on the same podcast, we've done plenty of work together before, so we shouldn't be crossing over quite so much. Um, but other than that, yes, absolutely fine. Yeah, sunny, but still cold out there still waiting for some actual decent weather so I can go out and exercise a bit because otherwise I'm just rotting indoors watching Stoke and Tony will that's no fun at the moment
1: <laughs> I think it's probably very much the same for Darby as well and Ben I know we've collaborated <laughs> a couple times on various blogs so far this season so it's great to finally get you on the podcast and I'll tell you what's really throwing me off was daylight savings time uh, we went an hour forward here in the States and it is really messing with me. It was really messing with me. I went up last night. I was like, oh, man, look at this. I can go eat dinner. And it was like 730. And I was like, Jesus Christ, there's no time for now. I just have to go straight and have dessert. So I had a big bowl of ice cream. Um, so, because, I mean, that's what you got to do, right? That's what that's what a grown adult would do. It's too late for dinner. Why pop a TV dinner in or have something? Let's just have a big bowl of ice cream. 100%. Um, you know, it was vanilla with chocolate syrup. So kind of keeping in the theme of Darby County. See, I'm, I'm thinking Darby all the time also is probably not good for my sanity uh, much probably like soak i don't know we'll find out we'll find out in the next 45 minutes or so so ben tony story of se- of stoke's season so far um tell me about it is it it, it seems like it's going to be another kind of mid-table obscurity year am i am i right in saying that
2: yeah
3: i'd say tony's pretty well versed but his his podcast being more based on Stoke City's demise over the last six years or so, so I'll uh, I'll let I'll let Tony take that one.
2: Okay. Um. Yeah. It's kind of a bit the story of the season so far is kind of pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty okay, pretty okay, terrible, terrible, terrible really bad, really bad, really bad. Um. <laughs> which is kind of a story of every Stoke season that I can remember. Um. Almost. It, yeah. We. I think looking at the form table for the last five games, we're twenty third. So it could be worse. Just um, you guys are twentieth, so we're kind of looking up at you. I don't. Yeah, we're 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 not very good. Um, looking back to when we played you before, we I think Chris was talking about all the exciting young players we had. We had Joe Bursick playing in goal against you guys, um, Nathan Collins playing at right back. I think Tyrese Campbell had already been injured at that point, but he's basically our best player. Um, we aren't playing bersic anymore. He got dropped. Nobody seems to really understand why. Um, Angus Gunn is playing, who's on loan, who I would say is our third best goalkeeper, but he seems to be first choice for some reason, um, despite the two goalkeepers we actually own being better. So that's fun. Um, Nathan Collins is injured, but he's one of our best defenders. Um, Harry Suter is very good. Um, he's one of our not yet injured defenders, but... Only a matter of time, probably. Um, we can't really score goals anymore. Uh, we're, we're we're pretty horrible. Um, I think last time we played you, we the kind of general looking from an outside in at Stoke was oh, uh, John Obie Mikel and Joe Allen are both out injured. Your midfield must be rotten. And what's happened is since Joe Allen and John Obi Mikel came back into the midfield, our midfield is rotten because they're both not very good. Um, we were better with the, the younger central midfield, basically, and we're, we're just not very good. So, yeah, it's kind of similar to you guys in a way, I guess.
1: Well, yeah, very much. Very much. I think Derby's to a point right now that forward attacking-wise, I don't think Darby could finish their lunch. I think if you put them <laughs> to an all-you-can-eat buffet, they'd have empty tables. They wouldn't be able to find the food and, and finish it. Ben, going back to that game in December, um, nil-nil. It wasn't an absolute classic, was it? I mean, what were your what were your impressions of that game between between the two teams?
3: Um, I'll be honest, they all seem to blur into one because how many clean sheets have we had this season, Tony? It's a few. Oh. It, 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 I I think it might be the most in England. So I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. It, it... Stoke games this season have been since Tyrese Campbell's injury. Anyway, in my opinion, boring, and of course that is due to a whole manner of things no crowds being in the stadium fine that's not great us having to watch it on tv fine not great either but but the fact that we're a team that's relatively solid at the back particularly from where we were two three years ago but our attack is so blunt like people like james mcclain jacob brown they're all one of akin to each other in that even I, I'd, I'd, I'd be harsh to say maybe Jack Clark to some extent is that I, I think they're encouraging Brown uh, makes such good runs and works so hard. James McLean, we know what we're going to get with within week in week out. Even people like Jack Clark is very tricky on the ball and very clever. But for me, none of them seem to have delivered this end product for Stoke, and this is a massive problem considering that Stephen Fletcher is a player who relies on that final ball and he's not getting that, and it's why of late he's not been scoring as many as he'd like to. I think Nick Powell is the only one in the team who's able to turn it on by himself, other than, I mentioned Tyrese Campbell, out injured, has been since about November. So Stokes' season has really petered, and to be honest, I can't, the way the two teams are going, we don't seem to be in a desperately different place to where we were, so I can't imagine this game is going to be much different. So I hate to place a really negative precursor on this game but nil no, nil no wouldn't surprise me <laughs>
1: <laughs> one of the players that stoke brought in in the january transfer window um who i think was probably brought in to put balls on a plate for stephen fletcher to finish because you know what a good f- finisher stephen fletcher can be when he's given the service was rabbi matondo but i noticed in the last game rabbi matondo has been on the bench is this why was he on the bench? Has he been on the bench most of the time since he's come back? And what's his kind of loan spell since January kind of been like for, from him? I know he's on loan from Schalke and he's a Welsh international.
2: Yeah, he he started a couple of games or he, he came on in a couple of games to start. I can't really remember. Um, but yeah, he, he played a couple of games and looked very, very raw, sort of running very fast, very exciting, and then didn't know what to do when he got there kind of thing, uh, which you, you expect from young wingers. I think that's a cliche, really. Um, he was injured the last three or four games. I think he was out injured four. So, yeah, he's, he's just coming back from injury. He did come on, what day is it now? Monday. <laughs> Saturday, I think, he, I think he came on, didn't he? I can't remember. Yeah. The, the thing yeah. with particularly, it's a combination of lockdown football and Stoke football towards this period of the season where we've gone rubbish is the, the way my brain protects itself is to just forget everything. So I can't really remember Saturday. I know we got absolutely tatered by Middlesbrough, despite having 60%, 70% possession. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. I can't really remember. I'm pretty sure Matondo is very raw and pacey and exciting, but not very much of a finished product. And as Ben said, we, we've got the likes of James McLean or Brown, who can do that thing running down the wing and put a cross in. But Fletcher, I don't think, has really been fit since his injury two or three months ago. I mean, it could be a year mm-hmm. ago, but I think it was two or three months ago where he collided with the advertising boards and did his knee in. And he has looked, having been one of the bright shining lights of the early season, he has looked a shadow of himself for the last few games.
1: One player I want to mention, um, well, uh, there's two players I want to get both of your opinions on, um, but one of which recently departed Stoke after a long period of time. And I'm sure it's very emotional for both of you. And that's Lee Gregory. Um, he's, he's come to Darby County. Um, obviously he's, he's, he's done okay at Darby. He scored a goal. He could have had two or three. He missed very, very Lee Gregory-esque, right? He missed a couple, We missed a sitter, missed one from like the penalty spot and, and shanked it. But then he also pops up with the occasional goal. Um, ben, Tony, Ben, we'll come to you first. Lee Gregory, what we were, th- I know you, you wrote the blog uh, for our website uh, when, when we were doing the, some insights on him um why did lee gregory what was why why did he leave stoke and come to Derby?
3: um he he left stoke because of the reasons that you just described (laughs) (laughs) because he's not a goal scorer um uh, he was signed by nathan jones who clearly wanted a two-man strike force one of a type like lee gregory or sam vokes want to sort of play off, be the pivot up front. And then he also signed people like Scott Hogan, um, maybe had plans to play Tyrese Campbell in the future, who would run in behind and feed off that flick ball and would be the one to actually score the goal. Um, Gregory was good at that. I think, the, I think Wizards coined the term Velcro Greggy at one point, just because everything that came to him would just stick to him. He was a great hold-up player um, and wasn't bad at distributing it either, but he just had no finishing ability whatsoever and not much presence in the box either. And I'm sure you guys have seen that. He's a hard worker, bless him. But he left Stoke because, quite simply, we needed goals in the team and he wasn't scoring. So off he went. I'll be honest, I don't know why you signed him. Maybe it was because you you needed someone that worked hard up front because the team was so down or, you know, Gregory did turn it on for Millwall. Maybe it's just a certain team that he thrives in, but it certainly wasn't Stoke. And that's why he's gone.
1: Yeah, Tony, before I come to you, um, yeah, I think Rooney wanted players that would come in and and work really, really hard. He got rid of a couple, um, one in particular, Dwayne Holmes, uh, who, you know, he had had come out and he'd said, you know, I want players to give 100% in training and games and everything like that. And he was going to get rid of players that didn't do that. So I think that was one of the reasons for Lee Gregory. I also think I believe that Tony, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Lee Gregory's contract's up in summer as well um so it could be potentially a move you know six months trial here for you know free agent pick them up unattached boost the squad numbers we don't know what finance COVID's, uh, covid covid post covid football economy is going to look like we don't know what darby's finances is going to look like we don't know what the ownership is going to look like so a lot of unknowns so that's probably one reason ben is you know we can we can try him out for six months and then pro- possibly pick him up and it's just like you described he's a, a hard worker he holds the ball up well you know um but his kind of, you know, finishing issues um have kind of spread throughout the whole team. Tony, how sad were you when Lee Gregory uh came up the uh, I think it's the A- the A50, the A50, A50 from from Stoke to to yeah. were you were you were you inconsolable? Nearly.
2: I do miss him. Um Isn't that nice yeah, no, he's, he's clearly lovely and he makes the effort. And like Ben alluded to, he's, he's Velcro. So if you kick the ball up there, either he gets a free kick or he keeps the ball until somebody gets up there with him. Um, I agree. I think I think we, we let him go because he it, it became clear he wasn't one of the first choice two and he wanted to be playing more football. So we let him go for the good of him. I think it was his decision more than Stoke's. And look how that's worked out for us. <laughs> uh all our strikers got injured almost immediately after he went, um, and I think if he'd stayed, he would have played a lot more. And I think we'd probably be in a better position than we are. A minute, um, I yeah, I like Lee Gregory. I I miss him. I would have him back tomorrow if if that was an option, but it's not.
1: It it might be. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? No, I think I think I think you're dead on. And mm. I think what you'll see from Derby fans, if you, if you look at the social media from Derby fans, I think they're really taken to Lee Gregory because he's an affable kind of guy um, and he works really hard for the team. I mean, he can't finish, but hey, this is Darby County we're talking about. Not many people can. so He,
2: he does finish occasionally though. And, and every so often he'll, he'll, he'll get one and you think, Oh, I didn't expect that to go in. I think well, it's like exactly. exactly it it and, and it was from to such go a in. tight
3: angle. I yeah. can't believe how tight yeah. an angle he scored from. And I was like, that's not a Gregory finish. What what sort of vein of form are you in to be able to do that? Like, then it, like,
2: it, he probably went was, eight like, weeks without it,
3: Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? He yeah. We've we touched on it. He, he he can't score goals and we said he's a nice bloke, but Nick Powell's not a nice bloke, but I like him. So oh, yeah. <laughs> You you say you can't score goals.
2: He's absolutely scoring on Saturday. No question. Oh, Oh, no. Maybe you can't play against him. No, we can't. We can't
1: play, can he? He's unfortunately, he cannot play, so you won't be able to see him.
2: Outstanding.
1: So he'd be stuck with the back of Colin Kazim Richards, Camille (laughs) Yuzviak, and Martin Waghorn.
2: (laughs) They're not real, real. They're not playing for you, surely. Is, they all is,
1: yes I can swear they're playing pretty much every game we, now.
2: we we have an in an in joke on our podcast because we can never remember who manages which team anymore so we always think that uh, Neil Warnock is the manager of every club near enough and then we're always surprised to see he's not I, in my head John Gregory's your manager so
1: yeah Lee Gregory's grandfather yeah no I'm just kidding no <laughs> yeah no we have we have Wayne Rooney now as the manager and and you know, Wayne retired from playing, which was a weird thing because, thank God, because uh, <laughs> he played against Middlesbrough and he was so poor. Middlesbrough basically retired him, and nice. and that's the thing is you have this great England legend, Manchester United, and you're like, how did his career finish? It was like a cold Wednesday night on T side by Neil Warnock, and they just eviscerated him so much. He's like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. I'm just gonna the, go, just gonna go be a coach.
2: The John O.B. Mikel strategy. Oh, that's a good point.
3: John, John Obi-Michael got... O'Neill. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is that, is that, is that the someone. next
1: manager? Is John Obi-McKill?
2: If it meant he didn't Not... have to play in midfield for us, I'd be all right with that. Oh, God, please. Not again. He got torn apart by, interestingly enough, Middlesbrough.
1: Well, that's also because he's like 45, so... I was going to he say looks, he, he, looks got,
3: he got took apart by Wickham, so I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not holding any judgment for it. Like the thing is with with him, I like I don't want to go off too much about him, but I I thought Tony. I don't know about you. He was a good signing. Actually, we yeah. we needed someone who could hold the midfield deep, and he fit the mould, especially on a free transfer. And we needed a bit of experience there too. We had a lot of young midfielders. Um, But then it turns out we've actually now got quite a lot of old midfielders all at the same time, Alan Klukas, him as well. And since he got injured, which was, I want to say, October, November time, he was good before then, and he's come back. And I think he's aged about 10 years. I don't know whether he's still on furlough, but he's not been <laughs> playing for us properly since, I, <laughs> since I, he got injured, unfortunately.
2: I don't think he was really very good before he got injured. He was just playing with people other than Joe Allen, and they fit exactly each other's weaknesses, so they have both but just I bad. think he fit the system in terms of... We were playing with people like Campbell
3: and Brown yeah. on the wing, for example, and it worked because we needed two midfielders. Powell was playing quite deep at that time. Powell yeah. was playing quite deep, and Klukas was also playing quite deep, and McCall was playing basically in front of the back four. He's not doing that now. He's pressing the midfield, and whenever he does that, whenever he wanders past the halfway line, he doesn't come back.
2: <laughs> it's like the tide's drawn him out. There's, there's horrible gifts you can find where people just pass it around <laughs> him in a triangle, and he just goes, oh, oh, uh, uh, oh, how disappointing. Now I'm miles out of position. And like every me. game. <laughs> the
0: thing is
1: he's not even that old he's only 33 he's only 33 I'm, john edwin Mikel like, has been around since i was like four yeah well yeah. I'm, i mean he's been around forever i'm
2: 40 this year and i have never done very i was a goalkeeper so i've never really done any running or exercise and i could comfortably outrun him
1: it's frightening how it's shocking that he's uh, only he oh, that's that's shocking i'm shocked that that is. is only age. One other, one other player that um, I want to talk about who won't be involved also, uh, same as Lee Gregory, who will not be involved um, on Saturday, is the man, the myth, the club legend, number 17, Ryan Shawcross, who has left the Potteries for some reason to play his football in Miami for David Beckham and Phil Neville's Inter-Miami. I don't know. That seems a very strange lifestyle decision. I'm going to go from Stoke to Miami I mean I don't I don't necessarily I, I think I could see where he's going with that
0: because mm. uh, I
1: don't think you're going to get very wet windy and cold nights in Miami but um Tony we'll come to you first and then to Ben Tony what walk me through Ryan Shawcross why did he leave and and what did it mean to you as a fan to see him to see him go
2: he's been he's just so great like Anything you could say about a person that is positive, you'd just say about him and it'd be true, I think. He's left because he's just not been playing, which has been partly down to injuries for for the last few years. But, I mean, he came to us online from Man Man United and then he stayed with us because we offered him first-team football, which he knew he wouldn't get in a hurry. And he just he never left and he just grew with the club. We got promoted in his first season, I think, and he's just the he he went from being a very raw young defender to being our best defender in the space of two and a half years. And he stayed our best defender until injuries got the better of him, really. Um, but two seasons ago, I want to say, but actually it might be in the start of last season, he got injured in the last pre-season friendly before the first game, which was at home against Leicester, I think it was. And he looked in that preseason for the first time in a couple of years to be actually back to his best. He he, he looked like old Ryan. It was amazing. He was, he was, he's quite quick. He doesn't look quick because just the shape of him and the way he lumbers around, but he's, he he covers ground and he was great. And he just went, he broke his leg preventing a corner in a friendly, which absolutely sums him up. I think because he, he was, he was, doing everything he possibly could to prevent a corner in a friendly game and it didn't matter and and twisted his leg underneath him and his, a bit of it snapped which is obviously bad but he, he, was, he was back fit a couple of months ago but we for all the faults of our team our, we've got loads of really good centre backs coming through um, Nathan Collins who we mentioned who's out injured now but um, Harry Suter's great um, James Chester's pretty good, Danny Bart's pretty good well, James Chester's pretty good, wow. um, but yeah, he, he just he, he wasn't going to be starting that many games now, and I would go to Miami for almost any reason if it was offered to me. So I can yeah, I can definitely see the appeal. But uh, Tony Pulis's son, Ant Pulis Jr. was a manager in well, he was a player in America in the MLS when, oh, Phil Rollins's side, whose name I've forgotten, the purple ones orlando uh, city yeah thank you um he, he played for them i think and he's managed over there since at a lower level i think um as part of a sort of stoke to orlando exodus um so i would imagine there's been some discussions with the pulis family about oh what's it like going to america and they will have all said to yeah, it's brilliant it's really warm <laughs> so yeah i Good luck to him. I, I can't. I, I will be following with interest. I can't wait to see. I hope he plays lots because I, I, war, warmness makes everything better. So I imagine his ailments, his various niggling injuries, will just get a bit better from being in the sun rather than constantly freezing.
1: Ben, similar sentiments as a Ryan Shawcross, inner Miami jersey headed your way.
3: Um, not at those prices, uh, <laughs> but, but but it sentimentally, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, to put it into context, Ryan Shawcross has been at Stoke for longer than I've been a Stoke fan. And I I, I could just leave it there, but I won't. Um, he embodied the type of player that Stoke have always wanted, which is someone who worked hard. And I know that's such a cliche and probably every club uses it. But seriously, people in Stoke work hard for their money. And so did he, 100%. Tony said, "You know, the amount of injuries he would get playing for us, the amount he would give up playing for us. I remember a game where he lost it. I, I want to say lost a parent before the game, and he turned down compassionate leave just to play for us. And that's that's just the level of man he is. He's been club captain for ten years. I think he got the captaincy at like 23, and he left the club at 33. We've had some good players in that Stoke team. You think of the the ilk of character we've had." And you can see the tributes from some of the ex players that have come in, people that have played for Barcelona, people that have played for, oh, I don't know, the, the, the amount of people that respect him in and out of the club. I, I, I don't think you'll find many of them in football. Um, he's been through so much with us. Tony touched on promotion and staying up, but, you know, a Wembley FA Cup final, European football, Stoke owner, relegation five, six managers. It, it, he's he's seen it all. He is Mr. Stoke City to me. And I'm glad he's got a move to Miami. I'm sad that he's not stayed as basically his whole senior career because I think that would have been a nice way to wrap it off. Um, but he absolutely deserves a chance to go out to Miami and enjoy it before he inevitably comes back to Stoke one day because I'm sure he will. Um, but I, it, it's interesting because I think... If there's an MS team that either Messi or Ronaldo is going to sign for in the next couple of years, I would imagine it's into Miami. So, I mean, have Ryan it, Shawcross playing with, with Ronaldo you get and to Messi,
1: play Ryan, Ryan that
3: would be yeah.
2: insanity. Can you imagine?
1: Football's a funny game, isn't it?
2: Yeah. i say one one yeah. other thing that Ryan Shawcross gave up for Stoke was his England career. Because it, yeah. I mean he only had one cap, but he was so much better than the other English defenders at that time, and it was only a fact he was at Stoke and possibly the Aaron Ramsey incident, which occurred around the same time, that he didn't play loads more games. If if he because there were offers for him throughout, and if if he'd gone somewhere, almost if he'd gone to Burnley, probably he would have played mm-hmm. twenty, thirty, forty games for England, but he didn't. Good, good on him.
1: So turning our attentions, we've got to go to a new segment called, we're going to go to our segment called the quick fire five. So what we're going to do, we're going to ask five questions and then um, Ben, Tony, one of you or both of you can answer. Some of them are just a one person kind of thing because they're going to have the same answer, but then some of them are going to be both of you. Um, And you know, a couple sentences, let's sum it up. You guys ready? Nope. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Michael (laughs) O'Neill, the manager, (laughs) uh, keep him or can him? him? Keep him. Who's Stokes' top scorer this season?
2: Nick Powell. Nick Powell.
1: You can't just copy each other.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's because we know we're right.
1: Other than... Other than...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give a wrong answer on purpose, am I? <laughs> Lee Gregory. Oh, Josh Timon.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, no, Tony, <laughs> uh, Let's see. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, I had it, and then you completely Sorry. lost it for me. You completely lost it's it. It's Josh Tyman, in fact. Other than, other than Nick Powell, other than James McLean, um, and obviously John Avery Mckell, who's been the standout players for Stoke this season.
2: See, now we're waiting Harry for Suter. each other to be polite. I'll say Josh Tyman oh, just because yeah. he's my favourite player. You are going to, um, um, yeah. But Harry Suter, if, if you go for if, most if, improved player of the season.
3: No, his best
2: game him. was our last game of last season, but he's, he's great. Yes, I love him. It's true. It's, it's a, true. When it's he a... tore
3: Nottingham Forest apart. But you guys were pleased with that, actually.
2: Yeah, we stopped him. He yeah. single handedly stopped Nottingham Forest get promoted. There he is, in case you've forgotten what he looks like. Um, <laughs> getting promoted on, on the final day of, of last season. So, Josh Times is the right answer to almost any Stoke question for me. Uh, lots Sorry. of other people disagree with me. But, um, Ben, you, you have a sensible answer.
3: Yeah, sensible Aaron not Hence a real of Harry Suter for me. I think he's one of the few that Tony said that have survived the injury call um, <laughs> and he's been bloody brilliant considering he's 22 and 6 foot 6. The athleticism, the footballing brain, the just defensive prowess and actually he can ping a ball too. He scored his first goal a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're lucky that he signed a long-term contract with it recently because he should be premier league bound in the next couple of years so oh, yeah. if he is we'll get a tidy
1: sum for him no doubt all right so where are the strengths where are the strengths in the stoke team where does when 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 if wayne rooney's sitting down analyzing it what's he looking at as the main strength of stoke city nick
2: powell
3: changing rooms <laughs>
2: yeah nick, nick powell if, if if they stop nick powell we we're ruined at the minute um and our defense, while it is, it has some good qualities, is is frail enough now that we can easily concede three at Middlesbrough. I mean, you got battered by Cardiff the other day, didn't you? Was that four?
1: Again, selective memory memorise. Yeah, four four yeah. nil. Yeah, that and, was that was horrible.
2: We're playing Cardiff tomorrow. Good luck. Uh, as at the time of recording, so that'll that'll tell you. Have a look at that score, and that'll tell you what shape we're in. <laughs>
1: We've got Brentford tomorrow, so <laughs> good luck. Yeah, it should be, should be pretty even. Um, and then, you know, we talked about Nick Powell being a strength of the Stoke side. Uh, let's say he has a very good game. Where are the other weak? Where are the weaknesses in the Stoke side that hopefully Darby can kind of exploit?
3: Um, I'd say the defence, the midfield, the attack, and possibly the <laughs> goalkeeper.
2: Yeah. yeah, the goalkeeper's not very good. The two centre-mids I've moaned about already, uh, John Obi Mikel and Joe Allen, are, they just don't cover... They don't help the defense and also they don't link with the attack, so they just sort of stood in the middle while people pass around them. The only possible good side to that is that the local newspaper, the Sentinel, after Saturday's game, have finally turned on that midfield pairing and gave them both fours in the post-match um, scores out of ten, and then did the, the Pete Smith who does does those did a tweet saying you would actually mark them even further down for the print edition. So I assume that means they got threes, which is – that never happens. So it's possible that if if the paper's turned on them, then the, the hierarchy the club have said, all right, you can start slagging them off now. We're going to drop them. So maybe we'll play proper midfielders, in which case we'll lose for a different reason, but still.
1: So moving on to the game on Saturday. Um, ben, which way is this game going to go? Both teams are not in great form. Both teams really can't finish anything off. Both teams have tough midweek games. Which, which ways? What are your thoughts looking forward to this game? And, and 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 which way is this game gonna go? Looking forward to the game. I don't know about that. Um <laughs> Yeah, if
3: you've got something else to do, then just go and do it. Because this isn't this isn't the game for you. I mean, Darby, look, I don't want to jinx it and say you're safe, but you've got teams worse than you in that division. And Um, as as Stoke, our season is done. Like, our our playoff push is done, and we're definitely not getting relegated. Um, So go and do something else, guys. Don't watch this game. If you actually choose to go and watch this game, pay the iFollow money or whatever, Um, I imagine it'll be a relatively cagey affair. Us, because we are bang out of form and have been since Christmas, Uh, possibly even longer than that. Um, and for you guys because I guess you are still in somewhat of a relegation battle so I think it is going to be its def- it, it, I'd be surprised if it's a free-flowing game I'd be surprised if at any point I'm excited during the game um, I, I said at the start I can see it being a nil-nil draw to be honest with you, I don't think there's any anyone inspiring in the Derby team for me that stands out and I'm sure that you guys would say similar um, about us because we like I say, we are not very good. Um if we turn it on, we've got a chance of picking up some points. But to be honest, at this stage, what's the point?
1: Tony that, That's lovely, isn't it? That's Tony, come weird. on, give me something okay. better than a nil nil.
2: it either it'll be a nil nil or it'll be three three nil either way. Um more likely I think you guys will win. Um I would never be uh, never predict a Stoke win anyway, um because of watchers But, yeah, I think either we will make some significant changes in our selection policy between now and Saturday and we might have a good chance, like we were at the end of last season when we beat Forest, that kind of thing. Like, we've got it in us. We we have got some good players. We're just not playing them, and we're not playing them in a system that suits them particularly. Um, So if that changes between now and Saturday, we could do something exciting. I think it's more likely we'll will be a good opportunity for you to pick up some points.
1: Yeah, I think similar sentiments. I mean, you guys have watched Stoke every week and you've told me, and it's the same thing, Darby, over the last, you know, there was a bit of a bounce when Rooney came in, but over the last couple weeks, Rooney's been out coached several times. The team is sorely lacking in confidence. I know the footballing brain of Michael O'Neill versus the football managerial brain of Wayne Rooney, the clash of titans um i know, know. See, ben ben wants to change his prediction now cause he, <laughs> you know because because of the managerial gusto that's going to be on show my only prediction is that you'll hire james
3: milner as manager before the end of the season
1: <laughs> to be honest he'd probably bring down the average age of our squad to be honest you know, James Milner. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't really surprise me but i mean you, you look at derby and they're just aside a such low on confidence you know then um, I'm glad you're confident that Darby's not going to get relegated because Rooney said, well, we're not going to get relegated on Saturday. And every time the manager says, oh, well, we're going to be safe. <laughs> and I do agree that there are three teams that are more crap than Darby. Um, but, you know, Darby's got Sheffield Wednesday to play. They've got uh, Birmingham to play. They've got Brentford. They've got teams at the top. They've got Norwich. They've got uh, um, Swansea as well. So there's all the top teams and a couple teams that are towards the bottom. So I think for Darby, it's going to be a real tight um, – squeaky bum time really from now until the end of the season to try to get the points to, to get across the board. And um, you know, yeah, it, it's, the, the team's just so struggling of confidence. They're not putting any balls into dangerous areas, much like Stephen Fletcher relies on those final balls. Darby aren't producing those final balls either. Um, and, you know, Colin Kazim Richards has been fantastic for Darby. Don't get me wrong. He's been fantastic. I've eaten a lot of humble pie over, over his signing because I wasn't necessarily his biggest fan. I'm a massive fan of, uh, of CKR now because of what he brings leadership wise and everything, but he's 34. He's actually older than Jonathan McHale, which is just Jesus. bizarre. That's just a weird thing. Um, Cause Jonathan McHale like 50 guys been around <laughs> forever. Um, oh, and you know, it's like, but you can see he's starting to kind of, to wane a little bit as well. Darby's squad isn't the biggest. So not having Lee Gregory available while wow, he doesn't, again, can't finish. Um, or struggles to finish on occasion, you know, his work rate and stuff will probably be a miss for Darby. I would assume he's going to get some sort of minutes against Brentford because then he'll be out. And then obviously we go into the international break. Um, the one wild card is Tom Lawrence may or may not be playing against, uh, against Stoke. He's been out pretty much all the season. Um, he's been called into the Wales squad, oddly enough, for the upcoming friendlies, which is bizarre because he's played nothing for Darby since like middle October. Um, but yeah, you know, he could potentially get on the bench against Brentford and might get a start against Stoke going into the international break. So that's the one positive sign for Darby, which really could, could push it one way or another. So I think it's going to be an interesting game, but I am, you know, I, I Darby's got to win eventually. So I'm going to, I'm actually going to be positive and I'm going to say it's going to be a one nil, a one nil Darby, a Darby win because Darby won't score more than one. Let's just, let's just be honest. So Ben from the YYY Files, Tony from the Wizards of Drivel. Thank you so much for spending some time with me, t- hanging out, talking Stoke City and Derby. Really appreciate it, guys. Um, I've enjoyed it. And Ben, even if the game's not a watchable game, this podcast is definitely worth a listen, so.
3: Uh, I was, I was going to say this 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 podcast will almost definitely be be, be more interesting than the game. You have probably got time to listen to this podcast three times um, in, in the space that the actual game happens. So do that. Put this podcast on repeat.
1: Yeah, just 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 tweet that out when the episode goes out, so so people know. Other than my mom, other than my mom listens to it. Um, that she she gave up listening to it a while ago. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Ben Tony, thanks so much. Um, and that's all the time we've got for today, everybody. And the only thing left to say is up the Rams.
0: Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at Rams Review One. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email RamsReview at hotmail.com Until next time Up the Ramps The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100 Putting Fans First